Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen, amen. God bless you, church. I was telling Pastor Ryan back there, I don't think I need to preach anymore. There is a lot of scripture, a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge. But it's good to be here this morning. Um, amen. Kim vive? I'm just kidding. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I was like, I'm probably not going to get anything back. It's, it's the wrong crowd. But God is good. There you go. There you go. That's the one. God is good. Um, yeah, this, uh, this uh, morning when Pastor Daniel was preaching, uh, I got a confirmation from the Lord. You know, it was Pastor Daniel said, my preaching is not going to be that long. So I'll tell you this morning, my preaching is not going to be that long. So that's God, you know, saying something this morning. But in all seriousness, uh, he did mention a, a few things that I, I, I'm, I'm going to touch on this morning. And uh, I'm happy to be here this morning. I, I always appreciate the, the, you know, the opportunity to share the word of God. Um, and uh, last... Uh, it was last week when Pastor Ryan gave me a call. He said, can you preach? Uh, and I didn't say yes right away, right? Uh, yeah. And I had denied once already because I was busy doing something for the ministry. And then, uh, so I made some arrangements, and I, I called him back. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. But he said, go ask him, have you asked anybody else? He's like, no, no, you're the first one. You're always the first and so that, that's what got to me. He's like, you're the first. You're, I'm on top of the list. I mean, uh, I'm on top of the list of the pastor's, you know, call. And then, so I told him, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, but then I was, I was driving home. And I was still driving. I'm thinking, what if he says the same thing to everybody? <laughs> but I didn't want to ask him, so I'm just going to leave it like that. I want to I believe that I'm up there on the top. <clears throat> yes, there you go. Top of the line. Okay, this morning I want to take your attention to the book of Luke, chapter 4. We're going to read uh, the Word of God this morning. Luke, chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 14 through 21. You got it? If you want to stand up with me as we read the Word of God, Luke, chapter 4, verse 14 through 21. <clears throat> this is what it says. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, 
today. Somebody say today. today. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Heavenly Father, we praise you this morning. We thank you for allowing us to be here in your house to worship you, to praise you. And I ask this morning that you will take full control of your servant. I pray that you will speak to all of us. Speak through your word. We're listening. We want to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So it's been, uh, for the past couple of months, I would say, I've been... Coming back to this passage, you know, I've been doing my, my devotionals. For some reason, I always, I always find myself coming back to this, this scripture. And I thought, you know, God was probably trying to tell me something. So I wanted to expand and do some study. And I was praying and asking God, what do you want me to share with the, with the church? And I struggled for a minute. Uh, I didn't know exactly how how to expose it, how, how to share it. But uh, I believe that God has a message for all of us this morning because he spoke to me first as I was reading scriptures. So I believe he wants to speak to all of us this morning. And uh, <clears throat> if we read at the beginning of chapter 4 on, on the book of Luke, same book, we found the story of Jesus when he goes into the wilderness to be tempted. The Word of God says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, into the desert, to be tempted by Satan. And as he was in the wilderness, he was there for 40 days. No eating, just him and God. And during that time, he was being tempted by Satan. Satan was, he tried everything to try to make him stumble. And we have at least uh, three times where... uh, the devil tried to convince Jesus either to worship him or to go against the word of God. And every single time that Jesus was uh, encountering that temptation, he always over- overcomes those with scripture. That means that he was very familiar with the word of God. He knew the word of God. He knew the law. He knew God's word. And once the enemy realized that he didn't have no success against Jesus, he left. And the Word of God says he left him for a season, other translation says, until an opportune time. Just for a, a moment, he left him alone. So we come to our text that we read this morning, and we find that Jesus was returning from the desert to Galilee. And the Bible says that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit before going into the wilderness. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And when he came out, out of the wilderness, the Word of God says that he returned in the power of the Spirit. Jesus was ready to begin his ministry. And he needed to make sure that he had that communion with God. And the only way that he was going to be able to, to proclaim the gospel, to do everything that he did in this world, was through the power of of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, my title is uh, very simple, Spirit-filled. God wants you and I to be Spirit-filled Christians. We need the Holy Spirit because without Him, there's nothing that we can do on this world. Every single day, we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Himself, He 
Every, every, we find in scriptures that he's always going himself alone to have communion with the Father because he, he knows that he needs the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He needs the guidance of the Father to be able to know what to do next. It is interesting to me that in the, you know, Luke is one of the writers that he, he focused a lot on the details. And I love that about him. And in fact, this is, uh, Luke is the only one who mentions this, this story that we just read. And <clears throat> uh, the, the Word of God says that he comes to Nazareth, his hometown, on the Sabbath day. He went into the synagogue, as was his custom. It was Jesus' custom to go to the synagogue. That means that every Sabbath, Every Saturday, Jesus was at the synagogue studying scripture, learning, having communion with God, having fellowship with the man of God. He was there because he wanted to know everything that he needed to know about the word of God. And in order to, uh, you know, Jesus was going to the synagogue, is like us going to church on Sunday, but it was very different. It was not the same, not the same order. In fact, uh, in order to have a, <clears throat> a synagogue, it was required to have at least at least ten men, ten, ten, uh, ten men present, to, in order to have a synagogue to have a service. So they will begin by reciting the the Shema. Uh, it's found in Deuteronomy chapter six. You know, hear Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Shema Israel, <clears throat> and. Uh, they, they will read the Shema. They will say it by, by memory. Everybody, everybody should know the Shema by memory. And then they will uh, follow up by pray, for prayer. They will pray for each other. And then they will read God's law, the Torah. And finally, reading uh, a portion of the, of the prophets. And uh, even though we, the Bible doesn't give us much information about, about Jesus' lifestyle <clears throat> before he began his ministry... We can assume that he was attending the synagogues regularly, learning, growing in wisdom, uh, just waiting patiently for the voice of his father to know when exactly he was going to begin his ministry. And I got to ask myself, you know, I wonder if when Jesus was attending the, the synagogues of service, did he ever heard a bad sermon coming out of those preachers, those rabbis? Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he, at some point, maybe he wanted to stand up and be like, that's not what it means. Let me correct you by, right there. Uh, but nevertheless, he was, he was humble. He wanted to learn. He wanted more of the word of God. And if Jesus spent time in scriptures, if Jesus spent time learning the word of God, how much more do we need to learn the word of God? If we truly love God, if we truly want to know the will of God for our lives, all we need to do is pick up this book right here. And that's what Jesus was doing. Before he began his ministry, he was getting familiar with the word of God. And, you know, you might be thinking, Jesus didn't need to study scripture. I mean, he's Jesus. He's the son of God. He was there when the, when the creation. Uh, so he didn't have to do that. But there's a lot of things that Jesus didn't have to do. You know, he didn't need Mary to be born. He could have done it any other way. 
He needed to. He didn't need it. Uh, he didn't have the need to go and be baptized, but he did that anyways. He didn't have the need to to suffer and be ridiculed and tortured and died on the cross for all of us, but he did that anyways. There's a lot of things that Jesus didn't have to do, but he did it. And he did it those things to identify with us, to show us what God can do through our lives when we give our lives to him. And then Jesus stands up in the synagogue. Someone hands him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he begins to read part of uh, Isaiah 50, uh, chapter 58, chapter 61. And just think about that for a second. Can you imagine how much time you will need to spend studying scripture, be devoted to be able to be that familiar with the scriptures? These are scrolls. It's not like the Bible that we have today. They didn't have Google. They couldn't just put, you know, let me find Isaiah. Where is it? These are scrolls. So he knew exactly where to go. So that means he spent a lot of time studying the scriptures. And uh, today we have so easy access to, to the word of God. And it sometimes it's so heavy to do it. You know, it's, it's late at night. We just want to go to sleep. Or it's too early in the morning. We, some of us woke up a little late. Some of us woke up early. But either way, sometimes it's hard. And Jesus uh, spent a lot of time in scriptures. And uh, the other thing was that they also only had, you know, a couple of copies at the synagogue. So that means you had to go to church. If you wanted to read the Bible, you had to go there. So God wants us to be spirit-filled Christians. That's the lifestyle that Jesus modeled. And he needed the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So if he needed the guidance of the Spirit to fulfill the purpose, how much more do we need the Spirit of God in our lives? Spirit-filled Christians is one uh, who has surrendered everything to God. It's when we give full control to the Spirit. When it's no longer you or I who is making the the decisions for our lives. But instead you allow the Holy Spirit to be your guidance. To give you guidance in every decision. We all need the Spirit of God in our lives. And then Isaiah 61 was a prophetic, uh, uh, was a prophetic uh, promise. And that's probably why Jesus chose to read that passage. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And I'm here to tell you this morning, church, that the same promise that God gave to the Son, that he was going to lead him through the Holy Spirit, is the same promise that Jesus gave you and I, that he was going to send his Holy Spirit to guide us, to proclaim the good news to the poor, to give sight to the blind, amen, to deliver the captive, those who were oppressed by sin, to break those chains. The only way that we're going to be able to do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. One of the best illustrations I have found in the Bible about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, it's uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, one of my favorite verses. Verse 18, it says, Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So Paul associates being filled with the Spirit with a drunk person. Have you ever seen a drunk person? No? Have you been drunk before? I'm I, I haven't. I don't know what that looks like. <clears throat> but I've seen someone who's had a little too much 
alcohol. And it's a completely different person. It's not the same person. You know, they would do things that they would never do, you know, if they were, had they been sober. And it's, it's the association that Paul uses because when you were filled with the Spirit, you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That means that he's going to empower you and give you the courage, the boldness to do things that you would never do on your own power. Don't get drunk with wine, church. <laughs> Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I don't know why I left. <clears throat> Amen. Be filled with the Spirit to be able to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. I know we all have dreams. We all have uh, a purpose in life. There's something that we want to do. Amen. And we need the, the power. I'm going to share you a little secret. Um, one of my dreams, or one of my goals that I've had since I was a little kid is that <clears throat> I wanted to be a bull rider. Yeah. Bow rider, you know that thing. <clears throat> One hand. That's that's that has been my dream since I was a little kid. I was I was born and raised in you know on a ranch, so around I was always around horses, cows, pigs, uh, goats, and uh, that has always been my dream. And last night we went to they had a, a party for my grandpa, and uh, I did it. You know, I fulfill my dream. Wait, 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 before you, before you keep lacking. Hold on. I'm not done yet. It was, I fulfill my dream-ish because it was a mechanical ball. I don't know if that counts. It was not a real ball. But I got on it, so I'm going to say check mark. That's it. I'm, I'm just going to leave it like that. But anyways, that story was not related to the sermon. <clears throat> but we all need the power of the Spirit. We all need to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, without the Spirit, there's nothing that we can't do, that we can do on our own. Our church, the name of our church says it, right? We want to be led. We want to be empowered, guided by the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think that sometimes when we face different things in our lives, it's hard to overcome those things. And the problem might be that because you haven't fully surrendered to God. You begin to follow Christ, but you haven't fully surrendered to Him. You haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to take full control of your life. And there is, uh, when Paul wrote to the letters, for example, when he wrote to the Ephesians, this was a, a group of people who have been, you know, they're, they're Christian. They're believers. They're following Christ. And then Paul is saying, yes, you're following Christ, but you still need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be learn how to be guided with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we begin to follow Christ, but we haven't allowed him to be in full control of our lives. Think about it uh, like your house. You know, you're the owner of your house. And then you allow Jesus to come into your house, right? Are you allow him to be just a resident, a guest, or are you allowing him to be the president of your house? Are you allowing him to go into 
those rooms that you don't allow nobody else to go into. Giving full control of the Holy Spirit is allowing Jesus to go into your house and let him do whatever he wants. If he wants to change the color of the interior, if he wants to do, re- reorganize everything, let him do it. That's giving full control of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we want to be followers of Christ, but we just want to have Jesus in the guest bedroom, right? Just stay there. When I need you, I know where you are, I go get you. That's not what it means to be fully surrendered to the Spirit. It means that you allow him to be in full control of your life. I did say that I was, my sermon was short. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and get ready. <clears throat> I'm going to invite you, church, to stand with me. I'm almost done. My message for you this morning is to be spirit-filled Christians. And I want you to ask this question to yourself. Am I living under the control of the Spirit? Am I being filled with the Spirit daily? Is the Spirit of God living in me? Am I allowing Him to be to take full control of my life? In the book of Acts, chapter 19, we found Paul, I mean, sorry, Peter. He come across some, some disciples, some followers of Christ, and he asked them, have you received the Spirit of God? Have you received the Holy Spirit? And you know what their answer was? He's like, what? The Holy Spirit? I didn't even know there was such a thing. We didn't even know we needed the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I wonder if there's someone here this morning that had no idea. Maybe you just started walking with God. You had no idea that you needed to be filled with the Spirit. And when the, God, the Word of God says to be filled with the Spirit, it means that, in the Greek, it means that it's completed action with continuous results. Which is something that you, it's a decision that you make. It happens at one point, and then it has continuous results. It's a process. It's not something that just happens one time and that's it. Okay, I'm good for the rest of my life. I'm filled with the Spirit. It's something that you have to work on it every single day of your life. Every day when you wake up, you ask God, God, fill me. What it means when, when the Word of God says, be filled with the Spirit, it's actually saying, be filled and keep on filling. Throughout the rest of your life, because we all need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What happened to the worship team? I want to ask you to close your eyes, church. Uh, <clears throat> before I hand the mic to Pastor Ryan, <clears throat> I want to open the altars and give you guys an invitation this morning. Maybe that's you this, this morning. Maybe you, you didn't know that you needed the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe uh, you've been walking with Christ and you haven't given full surrender to God. And you're thinking, maybe that's, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I'm having such a hard time. Maybe that, that's why I'm struggling in my life because I haven't fully surrendered to God. I haven't allowed Jesus to be in full control of my life. If that's you this morning, the altars are open. And I'm going to invite you, if that's you, come to the front. Or as a prayer team to come to the front. And they'll be more than happy to pray with you. Amen.
give the mic to Pastor Ryan. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.